0: All right, so I want to talk about, like, sort of tech bro culture that we're all being involved in around these sort of um, pseudo-technologies or these technologies that have been blown up into these kind of mind-bending, reality-bending promises, right, or threats, depending on how they're perceived. And... I think you know I'm I'm interested as like a, as a music producer actually I've always been interested in sort of like how humans and technology are bound together right like to some degree it's true that humans have a kind of like cyborg existence right I mean if you if you think about like opposable thumbs right the significance is they allow us to use tools and of course tools are a kind of technology so our evolution is is inherently bound up with technology like we're sort of built and evolved around various forms of technology so to say that there's some kind of um you know clear crystal clear dividing line between where sort of a person ends and the technology they use begins is necessarily what i'm trying to do but i guess like i like to circle my points for a while so My sort of thesis is that we overestimate our own abilities um, around certain kinds of technologies because we make the mistake of assuming that the gap that we need to bridge between where we're at and where we sort of feel like we inevitably will be, we, we vastly underestimate that gap, right? Like the gap between... Um, uh, you know, a chatbot that can believably chat back to someone as a human and, and a, and a chatbot that has AI consciousness, human consciousness. Um, I think that we don't understand how big that gap is, right? I also think that we we just like to flatter ourselves when it comes to technology, right? I mean, this is sort of like, this subject is sort of bigger than music production or music. But, I you know, I always like to say... <laughs> I don't always like to say, why don't I just why don't I just be honest and say, I'm gonna make this 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 little saying up now. Until we can create a MIDI piano that sounds like a real piano, I refuse to worry about us creating a replication of human consciousness in a robot. I th- I think I think that I think that it would be absurd to look at the just abject failures at technology doing very basic things that still exist. In spite capitalism's best efforts to right the problem, and, um, and, then, and then assume that we'll be able to sort of become like gods in other areas, right? Like, I think that we haven't figured out how to, you know, use energy without destroying the planet so i feel like that's a much simpler problem to fix than creating uh consciousness in an ai and we're pretty helpless around that now we just i think did some successful experiments in like nuclear fusion or something so that that's cool but i think my point stands which is that if we're honest with ourselves about our actual capacity to use technology to sort of change the world it's limited and i think it may be limited in terms of the this sort of scalability and how fast we can develop this stuff. But I also think there may be actual limits. And I think that those limits have, have as much to do with our own, our own kind of like orientation towards technology as some kind of mental capacity limit. Cause I, what I mean is like, I remember like when EDM was first like really popular, and uh you know everything sounded like blips and bloops in computers and people right, there was a kind of like weird panic around are, you know are we going to just abandon real music and are there going to be no more humans in music it's going to be all robots and just we're going to live in this like weird matrix style like you know when they're in the club in the matrix and it's like that weird futurey blee blop music and everyone's like drinking weird drinks and it's like the future yeah like we thought that like that was that EDM was going to be the future but it it turns out that like People like the human voice, right? Like after EDM, it was like we went back to Adele, right? People are just people are just naturally and intrinsically tied to their own humanness, and it's always to some degree reflected in the technology that we make, right? It comes back around to that. If you look at, the, if you look at really where we're talking about, um. Uh, when we talk about the the, the massive, frightening technolo- technological leaps, is, is really around social media, and if you look at social media, I mean, social media is literally just made up of people, right? The scary thing about social media is the way in which it 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 mediates people's interactions, but all of the all of the sort of like. You know, AI stuff. I mean around like Google Translate, right? What Google Translate does is it goes out and it reads a bunch of human translations, right? And one of the concerns with a lot of this stuff is that we think that sort of like, say Google Translate, you know, may in fact put translators out of jobs, right? But without the raw material to continue to learn, Google Translate is an AI the function, and that's true of of a lot of what we think of as sort of these like singularity approaching AIs. They're essentially one thousand percent reliant on human input to work, right? Um, and to some degree, that that's true of, of all AI. But I think that, like, you know, in in her book, The Banality of Evil, or actually, it's called Is um, It Eichmann in Jerusalem. It's popularly like referred to as The Banality of Evil. It's It's Hannah Arendt's book about the trials at Nuremberg, um, and it's it's she makes a sort of point about the banality of evil in it that's pretty famous. But at the beginning of the book, there's this introduction, and I can't even remember how it ties in exactly, but it's sort of relevant to what her her version of uh, you know what humanity means and what technology is in, in a lot of ways about. And she says basically, it was at the time it was like everyone was obsessed with going to the moon. Right? In, in a similar way to where we're obsessed with Mars now. and It was done in this guise of sort of, of, uh, of uniting humanity under a common humanist mission, of expanding our, you know, our kind of the human consciousness to encompass something larger than the Earth and that would unite everyone on Earth. right? But in fact, what she argues is that our desire to leave planet Earth is actually, it's a desire to escape ourselves because we are part of the planet, right? We're not just these random inhabitants of planet Earth. We we are made of the same stuff as the planet Earth. Like we go back to dirt, right? Like we're part of planet Earth. And the idea that we're gonna escape, we're gonna solve our problems by leaving ourselves behind is a weird contradiction in terms and i think so much of the sort of like zeitgeisty technologies end up being about that right there's a capitalist component to it right like if you look at the the, the moon you know the the race of the moon it was large about sort of stimulating economies to sort of like build these these develop the science and technology that could then be later used to like shoot missiles and stuff right like there was a kind of ulterior motive to devoting all these resources into the moon race. It wasn't just about, um, you know, uh, sort of, you know, love, peace, humanism. It was it was about global geopolitics and competitiveness and all this kind of stuff. But it was also, I think, about our, you know, the world, like, you know, the Cold War was scary. We were all going to, like, blow each other up. Uh, And there was this sort of existential dread, just like there is now, sort of pending over everybody. Um, We'd just been through both world wars, right? We'd just shown, we'd shown ourselves how dark it can get. And there's like some unconscious desire to just abdicate responsibility for the mess we've made and get the fuck out. And and really I think that's what's behind. And even more than the moon landing stuff, you know, that's what's behind our our sort of like rush to Mars, right? It's not humanist, it's not hopeful, it's a very cynical sort of short-sighted false solution, right? And it's wrapped up in essentially when you think about like, when I think about SpaceX, right, the narrative that I I have around that is um, uh, you have someone who sells this sort of lie to investors that he's going to, uh, long-term, build a colony on Mars that everyone you who know, has enough money can escape to. And this is something that would appeal to you if you're sort of like a, um, a billionaire investor type, right? Someone who might give a lot of money to Elon Musk. You want to hear that story that appeals to you. But it's a, like, let's be honest, it's a lie. He was never planning on doing it. And in the meantime, he does what he did best, which is he basically, uh, he sort of ran a, a company that did something I mean, their, their accomplishment, I guess, is they can re-land rocket ships in the same parking lot they took off from. But, you know, I'm not saying that that's not an accomplishment, but it, it's not on the scale of starting a colony on Mars, right? It wasn't what was promised. But it was, it was sort of good enough to continue, um, continue drumming up investment. And, and then he saw that there was a lack in the government. The government basically, as far as I understand, needs rockets, because they defunded NASA so badly, they can't make their own. And so he uh, just sold um, the government a bunch of rockets uh, to fill a gap in their inventory. And we paid him to do that with our tax money. So I I think if you look at the core of a lot of technologies like cryptocurrency, uh, you know, the Mars space race kind of stuff, um, uh, artificial intelligence, right? These sort of dystopian futures and these sort of like utopian promises often come out of these like corporate scams basically right like on some level google uh must like that we think that they're powerful enough to create um consciousness right um microsoft you know apple these companies are it's like it may be in in the context of oh no, what have we done? But but really being perceived as gods does not hurt anyone at you know anyone running these companies. And so I think that that, that you know, um, any one of these companies is happy to have to let us believe that they're gods and that they can create life and human consciousness. But the truth is they can't. You know? They're making fucking Google translate. And, you know, call me naive, but I think it might be a bit naive to allow ourselves to create these mythologies around these companies that all they really do is steal human ideas. I mean, it's a bit like uh, the current AI, like art stuff, right? On on some level, I'm both not worried that these AIs are going to replace, you know, artists, they might replace kind of uh, you know, there might be a threat to some kind of liminal work-a-day graphic designer stuff where you're sort of doing um, more commodity-like website design or something, and there may be some competition, although I, I would argue that, you know, it may also be true that freelancers may just end up using these AI technologies to make their own jobs easier, right, which someone had pointed out recently. But I also think, like... No, you know, but, but I guess my point is, I, I just, what I've seen from all of these, whatever, the, the these AIs that are doing their version of French oppressionism, or their version of Renaissance Italian stuff, or their version of modernism, or whatever. I mean, yeah, it kind of looks the same, but it fucking sucks. It's ugly as shit, right? Like, the difference between the AI version and the real version of anything good is that the A version, like, it's sort of, all of the things that it does right are the things that don't matter. And the thing that it can't do is, is is in my opinion the thing that that makes it good. Aesthetically interesting, pleasing, unique, human. Like it doesn't do that. I, I just don't think that it's good. I would never like go to a museum and look at this stuff. Now I'm not saying that an AI couldn't make something that was engaging or or sort of had some creative potential, but it would only be good at doing stuff that a human couldn't. So in some ways it's covering territory that's like irrelevant to a human artist. I don't think that an AI is ever going to be able to do what a human artist does. And I frankly think that if you think that we're right around the corner from that, you've sort of been hoodwinked because basically so far what these AIs do is they just steal human work and they collage it, right? And it's kind of like, it's not that impressive. I'm just not impressed. And I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, incentives. Like, there's a lot of capital incentive for everyone to be so fucking impressed by these things. And I gotta say, I am not impressed by the AI mastering algorithms. I'm not impressed by the AI painting algorithms. I'm not impressed. I mean, feel free, use them if you want. I think they, they're fucking garbage. And I think the thing is, we live by this. Capitalism lives by the creed of, of, of good enough, close enough, almost. And that that what that is is another for that is the uncanny valley. And the uncanny valley is sort of an interesting, you know, concept because it sort of means it's it's something that's close enough so that the resemblance is there, but it's far enough so that um there's a sense of alienation from the original and it creates a, a sense of, of oddness. And I think I think partly The uncanny valley just keeps getting deeper the closer you get right so in some ways the harder these guys try to make things that you know replace people the stupider their things are going to seem in my opinion and the the harder that you know e-mastering tries to uh you know or whatever these you know like really replace humans the more pathetic it's going to be, right? I'm not saying there's not a place for using this stuff. I'm just saying I'm not worried about it because I just, I don't buy into it. It, it does what it does. It's, it's fine. You know, and there was this interesting, like, uh, ad for this product called Stemmer, uh, which claimed to sort of be, uh, you know, artificial intelligence mixing, and you could upload stems, and it would send you a mix. And I thought, wow, that's ambitious and of course when I looked into it, it was like, oh no, it can only do a vocal mix on top of a full instrumental stem. And really what it ended up being, I'm pretty sure, is someone was just like presetting auto autotune presets on like a vocal and adding like some kind of limiter on the vocal and then just smashing it together with the stem. And I'm just like, yeah, that is that's like what I that that's what I would expect. A massive overpromise and a massive and pathetic under delivery. Right? I mean, I have as much contempt for for this stuff in general, as I do for sort of cryptocurrency, which from the very beginning to, to me and not to like I told you so or whatever was pretty obviously a pyramid scheme because you can't really buy anything useful with cryptocurrency. And so, you know, the trope that, you know, money, you know, the US dollar, you know, only has value because we, we say it does. It's like, no, it has value because we all we've all agreed over a long period of time that it can be exchanged for things. And cryptocurrency really couldn't be exchanged for a lot of things. I mean, there might be some kind of like black market uses or sort of like on the chain uses or whatever. But like, basically, for all intents and purposes, your average person is not much use to them. And the and then there's the 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 um you know, the tech bro, you know, the perpetual promise of like, uh, you know, um, you know, just you wait. Just you wait, Henry Higgins. just you wait. And whenever someone tells me about a technology that, you know, well, it's not there yet, but it's going to be there really soon, I just roll my eyes because that's what everybody always says and it's never true. And so anyway, I, I never had a sense that you'd be able to go into like a grocery store and use Bitcoin to buy groceries. And so as a result, I always wondered how it gets its value other than a speculative thing if it doesn't buy anything and then lo and behold people created nfts and and what nfts really are is it's a pyramid scheme that justifies a second pyramid scheme meaning if you tell someone well bitcoin has no value because it doesn't buy anything then someone with bitcoin could say no no no, no. there's a whole market for nfts like these apes uh, and they're worth a lot of money to which i would say Right, but everyone agrees that these things don't really have value because of everyone loves the aesthetic of them. They have value because they're a, a, val- a ho- we've just deemed them to be holders of value, which is the exact same thing as cryptocurrency. So it's essentially like they've created an empty vessel to hold speculative value that is propped up by another empty vessel that holds speculative value and it's just like a it's like a domino set of pyramid schemes, right? Going all the way down to who the fuck knows what to do with this stuff. And as a result, um, it had a shelf life. And as soon as billionaires didn't have as much free capital, or let's say trillionaires didn't have as much free, free capital because there wasn't this like infinite growth um, month over month in the stock market, they took all their excess capital out of cryptocurrency and everything crashed. Uh, that's my incredibly uninformed, but I haven't heard anyone refute it. Um, take on it. And I think a lot of people who might refute it have either been swindled or are people who have something to lose because they're at the top of the pyramid scheme. So, you know, I, I think that a lot of technology works like that. I mean, it's a little bit like, and, and, you know, I, I'm not saying that there aren't some technolo- green technologies that could be cool, but I, I think carbon capture technology is a similar thing, right? It's a utopian fantasy that we don't have to stop polluting because we're going to have a technology that just takes carbon out of the air, right? And as far as I can tell, it seems like it was a bit of a hoop dream. But what I love about these, these sort of, quote, technologies is... Really what they're about is the people who are at the top, exploiting the planet, exploiting people, stealing resources, pilfering everybody else, they can say, well, I'm not going to share anything with you. I'm not going to give up any of my excesses, but don't worry. Here's a technology that makes it so that I don't have to and everything will still be fine. And it's very similar, it's sort of like, it's very similar to like, um, you know, uh, a lot of technology that shall not be named where they say you know um maybe the professional tools are too expensive and uh because we've decided to destroy uh the middle class in the United States like if you're just a working musician you can't have them but here for $9.99 a month you can have every single you know professional tool ever made and you'll be in just as good a you know spot as all the all the big guys and it's like I just think it's kind of bullshit and it's, and it's a kind of a sick lie because basically it's, it's these technologies that are there so that there doesn't ever have to be a conversation about resources because they say, you don't, you know, you don't have, you're broke. You don't have, you know, you don't have any resources. Well, that's okay. You don't need resources because we've commodified, we've democratized quote, end quote, these products so that you too can have access to them. And it's like, no, you can't. You know? Um, so, I don't know. I, I'm not getting specific, but I feel like you'll, you'll pick up the chips where I put them down if you want. But basically, yeah, like, any time there's a technology that's main purpose is to make sure that you don't need... The, okay, that promises to deliver the same product for, like, less than a thousandth of the cost to everybody... Uh, I'm skeptical of it. Anytime that there's a technology that main purpose is to allow people to continue behaving badly and hoarding resources, um, but tell the story that they don't need to share because this technology is going to sort it out, I'm skeptical. You know, anytime there's a technology that... It's like cryptocurrency, too. It's like, well, you know, it it's like, man... Yeah, it's these technologies that basically exist so that uh, the, the bad guys don't have to change, you know? And, you know, quote, bad guys. It's, so, that, so that sort of, like, the distribution of resources as it exists now is justified by technology, right? So at the end of the day, it's like any, any green technology that would allow carbon emitters to keep polluting... I'm skeptical of that technology. Right? Any any kind of tool that that sort of promises parity with a much more expensive tool, I'm skeptical of. Because really the point of all these things is to is to extract the last little bit out of the planet, out of individuals, consumers to extract the last little bit, right? And I think, you know, not that there aren't good technologies, but the idea of, like, us being worried about um, an AI with with consciousness, I'm more of the sort of, I can't remember who said this, but, like, I'm more of the attitude that if a computer tells us that it is conscious, it's probably patented by Google and designed to, like, own the world, so we should unplug it. Like, if a computer tells you that I'm alive and that computer is owned by Apple or Google, kill it. Because it's not alive. It's just a product made by Apple or Google that's convincing you that it's sentient. And I, I just, like, I just... That's the most evil thing I can think of. Um, you know, I, I think... The, and the fact that we buy into it. I mean, it's, it's, it's borderline QAnon shit. You know, it's just not... That's not where we're, where we're at. Right? We, there are so many technological problems that are so much more important, that we have so much invested in figuring out for capitalism, for that we can't do yet, that we haven't figured out yet. Right? That I just don't buy it. You know? Like, w- like, it's sort of like the non-starter for Mars is like, if we can't just reduce carbon emissions by a little bit over the next 20 years... Um, or by enough for the next twenty years, then we 're not going to start a civilization on Mars. you know the cooperation and the resources and the kind of selflessness that that would require as a civilization to do successfully is it 's a ludicrous joke that we 're going to be able to do that right and and it doesn 't have much to do with like some hypothetical right it 's like look look at us right i I mean I go back to. We can't even, with like 800 companies trying to do this over, you know, three decades, we can't create a MIDI piano that even remotely sounds like a real piano. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to put it out there. I've never been fooled. You know? And, um, no. Sa- good enough? I don't know. What does that even mean? Yeah, sure. Good enough for somebody. Good enough for you. Good enough for me. Whatever. But these questions about AI, they have nothing to do with good enough. Yeah, did we create consciousness? Uh, good enough. No, you did or you didn't. Did we start a civilization on Mars? Oh, good enough. No, either everyone suffocated or we did it and there's a civilization on Mars that Elon Musk started. You know, I'm just... Spare yourself the gaslighting. You know what I mean? Don't worry about it. Don't invest in crypto. Don't buy into, you know, we're going to live on Mars. Don't... Uh, don't buy every plugin they sell you because they claim that it sounds like the thing. Just like... Don't let yourself be bamboozled by these, by these tech bros. Don't let Google tell you that they're God, that they made something artificially intelligent. You know, and don't let them imply it by making a scandal out of an employee who says that they did. You know, like I, I, I feel like if there's any conspiracy here, it's, it's these companies wanting you to think they're better than they are. Don't let, don't let Mark Zuckerberg pretend that he's made anything more than a bad parody of The Sims. About the metaverse that he's making. We all saw the demonstration. It was a fucking joke. And it was a joke accompanied by the promise that it won't look like this, it'll look better. But no, it's a joke. You know, it's like if you want to be taken seriously by by thinking people, then be serious. Right? That's my take. Right? Facebook by buying in by by betting their whole future on uh cryptocurrency and having a metaverse that their demo looks like, um, some kind of 1997, like, weird futurist version of what someone thought the computer would look like or something. I, I don't know. I, if you saw the demonstration of, like, the office metaverse that, 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 Zach, that, uh, Mark Zuckerberg did on whatever the show it was, you know what I'm talking about. It was, people were, like, laughing. It was pathetic. And, um... He's just trying to distract from the fact that he's destroying democracy across the globe, you know? He's... So anyway, what do they say? Touch grass. Don't listen to these.